Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing real estate, and today I want to talk to you about how to find money partners, specifically how to attract them and what may make a good money partner to you. My name is Peter Leung and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop properties all around the world. You may have seen me on videos or on stage working with serial entrepreneurs and investors as well. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at I'm Peter Leung. It is on Facebook where I share ideas, videos, and inspirations as I journey to intergenerational wealth. Or if you've got any questions, please email us at podcast at IamPeterLeung.com if you think I can help. So what is the biggest challenge in finding money partners? Well, that is, you know, when you have a deal, how hard is it to find that person who is willing to provide the financing? Most of us are scared because when we have a deal, right, where we've agreed on everything and then we're scared to commit because, of course, we don't know if there's going to be a money partner there. Let me backtrack by saying this. Today, because of the situation that's going all over the world, going on all over the world, where there's more of you know, uncertainty going forward. This is the time that you need to be making proactive steps to put in the measures to speak with your investors, to speak with the people who are investing with you. Or if you haven't yet started on that, then talk to the people who potentially you want them as an investor. Because in uncertain times is when they need leadership and direction. They need to hear from the people in the worst times to have an expectation of what the good times would be like, right? So this is the time that you need to connect with all your investors, their potential investors, your leads, right? And to build that brand and that recognition where they can recognize you as the authority or the leader that they can trust and with their money because they spent all the time investing all this money or having uh, spent all this time making this money, they want to be able to entrust this money to a selective few people. So in this particular case, you're going to have to be able to attract them, not just sell them, but you're gonna have to attract them. So I've been on both sides of the fence. I have funded deals, I have provided financing to private investors, um, whether in the UK, Canada, or the US as an angel, or perhaps from a basis of a, a money lender. But I've also been on the other side where I have raised capital and I still continue to raise capital, especially in times like this, um, from investors to work on how I can deploy this capital in the coming few months. So in order for you to be able to do that, you have to be speaking with them now. So for us as active investors, so speak on the active investor side for a second, right? We are responsible for what? Ultimately looking for projects, projects that justify to us that numbers crunch, the due diligence looks good, and we understand the risks involved in that particular project. Ideally, we want to use none of our own money, right? Because of course, in this time, there there's a number crunch where we don't, if the deals all came, if we found 10 deals, can we do all 10? Probably not, not on our own dime. So it's important that we at this point in time get ready for the, the vast amount of deals and we need to be able to absorb them. And the only way we can do it is by using other people's money or some of other people's money anyway. So 
that is very important. And third is to find, you know, as we're looking for these unlimited amount of deals, we need to have them financed. So what that ultimately means is, you know, if you we want investors that are going to have repeated business with us, right? And we want deals to come to us repeatedly. So we're able to find the do the due diligence, do the do the math, ensure that it's a good deal. And from there, placing the investor with us on that journey. And of course, providing some compensation for their use of funds. So that that's ultimately what we want as investors. But you know what what is an angel investor looking for or a money partner looking for? Well, on the flip side, they're the people who want to be relatively hands off. They don't really want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to go to viewings. They don't really want to be the person who is um, you know getting their hands dirty, putting in the work. They want to be able to get a general overview, a general overview of exactly what um, what you've done, right? You've done the due diligence. You've looked at the property. I want to see the pictures. I want to see the video. I want to be able to analyze. I want to see your spreadsheet. But that doesn't mean that this particular person wants to do all of that themselves, right? They want to be able to trust you that you have the knowledge, experience, and the and 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 the credentials and and the insights to be able to do these projects. So the other thing that they're going to be looking for is alignment. And what is alignment? Well, what's your views? What are your visions? I want to be able to buy into what you're trying to do. So, for example, uh, if you're really keen on the uh, the UK market, well, why? Why do you believe that? What's the alignment there? Why do you believe that the market is going to be, you know? you know, uh, there's going to be future growth or future opportunity for us to make money there. Why do you believe that the, you know, the pound is going to be down or or the pound is going to come back up? You know, these are type of things that alignment is very important because if their views are different from yours, then it's going to have a very um, long lasting effect in terms of disagreements, right? It's almost like, you know, I, I talk about partnerships like a little bit like dating. If you're going to go on a date, then, you know, and, and day one, you guys are already not fitting in. You guys are sort of not eye to eye. Well, it does, probably it doesn't make that much sense for this to continue going on a second date. And certainly, you know, doing business together is a little bit like a marriage. So the first thing is you probably don't want to you, you probably don't want to get married right away. You want to be able to test the water. And that's why it does take time to build this type of relationship. You know, I don't expect most of the time for me to speak with somebody who wants to invest, even if they want to invest and I want to raise capital, it doesn't mean that the first time around we're going to be able to settle in on, okay, let's go do business. And again, going back to why this is so important to speak to them early, because it's going to require time. And last but not least, what they're also looking for, what I don't want, is I don't want them to look over my shoulder. So they, even though they once, as a as an angel investor, once you've got the capital deployed, you just want regular updates, right? You, they're not. I, I don't want to be able to constantly hound my active partner in terms of what's going on. So instead of me asking for an update, it's very important for you to provide the update, and that's how you sustain that long-lasting relationship. So let me go back one step and, and, and go, well, how do you attract these investors, right? So what investors are looking for is an understanding of risk. All investors worry about risk 
over reward. The ones that are successful certainly look at risk over reward. And what do I mean by risk? You know, what are the possibilities things go wrong? Because what we say is if, if things can go wrong, then they probably will. So what are your multiple exit strategies? Are there going to be a buy and hold strategy? Is there going to be a rental yield strategy? Is there potentially a, um, a auction off strategy? Is there perhaps a rent to own strategy? I mean, these are all the things that could potentially need, you know, these are all your arsenals, right? This is like you having the different tools in your tool belt to fix the problem. And this is what they're looking for, right? As an investor, they're looking for your advice, your ability to bail out of the situation if anything were to go wrong. So to them, it's risk, all right? There's things that we obviously can't control, like you know how the fluctuation in currency goes or perhaps how a pandemic might actually happen or a earthquake decides to happen. We understand, but they need to be acknowledged of those risks, right? And that's how they're gonna be feeling comfortable working with you. And the second thing that they're looking for is experience. They're going to look for that experience in you. Have you done one project? Have you done multiple projects? And it is okay, it is absolutely okay for you to do your first project and still be able to raise money. I know that because that was what happened with me or many of the people I work with as well. Because at the very beginning, we want to be in real estate because we don't have the funding or perhaps don't have the resources. So we, that's why we want to raise money. And But the counter to that is if you don't have the money and you don't have the experience, then what you need ultimately is the right people around you. Right? And we're going to cover that another day, what type of people that you need around you to make a deal ultimately sound. But that you know, simply means that who do you have in terms of if it's a buy and hold strategy, is there going to be an uplift in terms of, you know, fixing up the property? Is there going to be work that you're going to be doing to, to enhance the value of this property? Are you going to be able to find a great mortgage broker that's going to be helping you refinance in a quicker period of time instead of waiting in line? Are there people who you can have, uh, you know, a reduced uh, commission for buying and selling the property. Who is the people around you, the team that is ultimately around you that will reduce the risk? Because if it's a one-man band, if something happens, if all of a sudden you get hit with COVID-19, all of a sudden now what? To them, that's risk. What if I can't get a hold of you? Who else can I call? Right? Who? What else can I do in cases like this? Or do you just manage? Do you buy the property and manage the property as well? Because then, you know, there's no property. There's no property manager. As you go big, your level of detail is going to drop. Your level of detail of working on the various different projects will will drop. And because of that, to them, that's also risk. So it is very imperative that you draw in your documentation, whether it's going to be a, you know, a capital raising document or, or, or a PowerPoint, you have to address risk, your experience, your team around you, and also your goals and your views of why you're investing in that particular property, right? It is absolutely fundamental. If you covered most of these things, that's going to help you get the deal done. But there's one thing we haven't talked about, which is your financials, right? Um, What's in it for them? Why do you need their money? 
it's very important to address the fact that where you're standing in a position, how are you fundamentally, right? Are you standing on solid foundation? Do you have finances, right? Do you have, you know, people give money to people who don't need it. Banks will always lend money to you when you don't need money. Right? You realize that? You know, realize that when you're you're in a financial hardship, they will never lend you any money. So it doesn't mean that you need to fund all the deals, but the fact of the matter is, if you can, if you can, right, have two ways of this is a secret here, raise two sets of capital. One is project-based, second is sort of a fixed term based, where investors may lend you a personal set of funds. And if that's your proof of funds, right, your capacity, your equity. Yes, I'm raising 100% of money from you, but I've also got another set of money, which is my contingency, right? So this is sort of, you know, this is my, you know, uh, foothold where I have a certain amount of assets sitting there. Yes, I'm not using it for this particular project. E even if even if it's 100% using their money, I have a series of money that I know that if all hell breaks loose, if something goes wrong, then I'm capable of handling a situation. So if I raise capital on two different um, two different sets of criteria, then what ends up ha happening is I can show them too that if I need to put money into the deal myself, I will. I can. I'm capable of doing it. And that is very important. So that to them is reassuring. Again, going back to risk. So with that being said, these are some of the things that you really ultimately need to reassure the customer, to reassure the investor that you're capable of handling their money. So how do you attract them really quickly? Well, it's not who you know, but it's who knows you. Do people know that you are a, a person of integrity? Do they believe that you are loyal to them? Do they believe that you have um, you know, this experience. So putting on the document on all the, all the aspects of what I just shared with you is going to be important, but it's also relationship communication. You have to be able to constantly in contact are people knowing that you're reliable, right? These are the soft skills that are very, very important. Do investors get a hold of you? Like, you know, if they need anything, do they have access to you? These are very important things that most people overlook. They overlook. And they, and as a matter of fact, most people, when they raise money, or want money from me to invest with them, what they say is, hey, you know, I've got a document. Do you want to check it out? I'm like, not really. I don't even know who you are. So it's very important to build the relationship, to build the credibility, whether it's social media, whether it's going to be, you know, various different forms. Are you seen? Are you known? Do people trust and like you? People need to like you in order for them to do business with you, right? And last but not least, you need to take away all the objections that they have when they work with you as well, you know, because otherwise, if they have just the ounce of doubt in what you're saying or an ounce of doubt in terms of what you're doing, they are not going to invest. You may sound good, look good, smell good, but it doesn't matter because they don't trust you. You need to build that trust. And this is the time. This is the moment where you need to go build trust with other people, right? You need to go out there and reach out when times are uncertain. This is the time that they want leadership and advice. Right? What's your views? And that's how you build. You start to build that trust. You start to build that experience. And that's how they're going to like you and trust you. But with that being said, 
I wish you all the best. I know that this is the moment of truth where serious investors are looking at deploying capital. If you're not out there speaking with these people, then it's your loss. But I will say, be prepared, be excited, understand that the market and build for the anticipation. It may not be a deal that you do today, but you will need them in the future. And it will take time to build that trust and experience with these investors as well. With that being said, again, my name is Peter Leung. I'm happy that you can join me on the Investorpreneur podcast where we talk everything investing real estate. I look forward to speaking with you and I hope that you will take this advice and put it into action. Let's go out there and make this happen.